The following episode contains detailed descriptions of physical violence and dismemberment of adults and children. Listener discretion is advised. This week, we head up north where murder strikes the tiny town of Bonham and where decades of conspiracies still live on today. We then go to the border town of Brownsville where murder and demonic possession seem to go hand in hand. Get ready for episode 22 of Texas 1031. Welcome to Texas 1031. Episode 22. Do you have any recommendations, Um, Hannah? No, I did have just a couple things I wanted to mention. Oh, yes. Let me scroll to my paper. (laughs) Nobody stand up. Oh, please. Um, Yeah, I wanted to thank all the listeners on Facebook, Twitter. That was great. Thank you so much for your uh, reviews and your follows and your whatevers. Go do that on iTunes. Cool. Thanks. Um, we also have a PayPal account. So if anybody wants to send us money, trying to come up with merch stuff, t-shirt things, but we need money to supply those. Yes. So I know that sounds kind of backwards. We need you to pay for the things that we're going to make you pay for. It's but, like a Kickstarter. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so it is paypal.me slash Texas1031pod. Um, I'm literally deja vuing right now. We'll put this in the show notes. <laughs> um, yeah. Recommendations from you. Um, I recommend watching I, Tanya because yes. it was fucking amazing and it makes you look at the crime in a whole different light and yeah, it was just, it was really good. You know, I love Alice and Janney, first of all. Yes. She's amazing. And also I was actually thinking like normally, no offense to Tanya Harding, but like, you know, she's a pretty average looking woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she was kind of... Most people thought she was unattractive back then, which I really didn't think so. I mean, no one was attractive back then. Honestly, right. it was just a really shit time of fucking blue eyeshadow and 80s. yeah. yeah. Um, but I was like, good for them for like fucking picking Margot Robbie to be like smoking hot babe, yep. portraying her like I don't know ultimate like. And they white trashed her up too, yeah, so yeah. it doesn't look unrealistic, right? But you're yeah. still like you're pretty hot, yeah. <laughs> But it's okay. <laughs> but you have all show, your teeth, so it's fine. <laughs> I looked at pictures of Tanya with Margot, like in press stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah, I saw them at the Oscars. It Tanya looks fucking hot now. Yeah, she it's looks an older really woman. Good. Yeah, she's banging. Yeah, so she has really good hair. So yeah, now thank God her because hair survived the eighties. Yeah, God. But yeah, that is my recommendation. Also, I recommend not getting a dog ever because no. they're pains in the ass. I'm just kidding. Get a million dogs. Just keep them in separate rooms. Get a, I told my mom the other day, I was like, why can't I just have like that happy golden retriever that's like, oh, hey, everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that like has that vibe of just like, who are you? Everything's great. You want to use my water or my lawn? Cool. No, I have asshole German Shepherd who's like... <sighs> All the time. And my dog doesn't understand vibes. And then he yeah. gets really into, like, he, he goes a step too far. And then he gets really scared. And then he tries to act tough. And then he gets his butt bit. Caesar Milan, are you listening? Can Help you, us. Yeah. <laughs> Caesar Milan, please. Someone. 
<sighs> um, just shake it off. Shake yeah. off. All, actually, gotta, don't make too many yeah, movements because they will just get up. Pretend it's not happening. <laughs> I have to breeze through this, otherwise we'll be right back where we started. I know. Three minutes ago, and we can't get refills. We can't get up to pee. No, we are no. And I, our I've seats. had to pee for the last hour and a half. Oh fuck! So. I have a good size bladder. <laughs> FYI. Um. Okay. So I have Cassie's going to be covering a child murder this week. So I'm doing an adult murder this week. I asked her what she was covering. Which really definitely helped me not do another kid. Yeah. Because and hers is like a lot of kids. Even just the brief like three word description you sent me of yours. I was like, that sounds really interesting. Thanks. So I'm excited. It it's a short one, but it's, uh, it's a thinker. Yeah. So um, Mother's Day 2002. Where was I? 2002. Eighth grade. Oh, wow. I don't want to age myself now. Anyway. Oh, I was uh, 10. Bonham, Texas, which is north of Dallas, way north, way, 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 way north, close to Oklahoma, as we find out. Um, 28-year-old Jennifer Harris goes missing. Six days later, she is found deceased, nude, floating in the Red River um, by a fisherman that's just kind of floating by. Um, This case is still unsolved to this day. Um, I mentioned the first time we recorded this <laughs> to Cassie, my dad, um, kind of grew up in that area. Um, his grandfather, or my grandfather lived there. Um, my dad lived there as an adult for a brief period of time. It's a very small town, football, town square, Walmart, like that's it. Ugh. Um, my, actually my, now that I think about it, one of my friends in high school had like a, kind of like a weekend house there where they oh. had like ATVs and shit like that. That's cool. Yeah. We tried to film like a like a spoof movie for like our junior senior prom type thing there and it didn't really well go well so <laughs> anyway it's just like a lot of land and it's kind of creepy actually so anyway I'm not surprised maybe that this happened there Ooh, think about it small town fun yeah um so it's claimed that jennifer left a group of friends that sunday evening around eight to go meet a separate friend slash acquaintance what have you uh, she didn't return home, so her grandmother was the one who reported her missing on the following day on the 13th. That same day, uh, her green Jeep was found near Lake Bonham Hoedown Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I still can't like say it in my head. I just love it. I know, Hoedown oh, Hall. God. I had to look it up. I was like, this is spelled wrong. What is this? Because it didn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't register as an actual word. No, and I've never heard of Lake Bonham. And like, I know I keep saying like oh, i know that place but like i literally <laughs> there's not much there but i guess it's a thing <laughs> anyway it's just like a place like a, a venue for festivals music uh, weddings etc <laughs> um so five days later may 18th um this is when her body was officially found um her body would be sent to oklahoma for her autopsy so um Interesting that they didn't just go to Dallas, um, that they decided to go to Oklahoma instead. Yeah, in a completely different jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Um, I guess maybe it's a little more friendly in assisting like medical examiner-wise since it's not like police yeah. uh, jurisdiction necessarily. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just medical. It's just the autopsy. It's not like trying to get the crime scene transferred over, if you will. Yeah. I it's just, still weird, though. It's so weird to me. Yeah. But then, like, but then again, you think of the small town, and it's like, how much more could they have bungled everything? Right. In a shocking discovery during her autopsy. Get it in while we can. Reports would state that all of her reproductive organs had been forcibly removed. So this isn't just 
rando girl that was killed. I chose this because of this specific factor because I thought it was particularly horrifying. And we don't know exactly how they were removed. No. Yeah. God. It was never stated if it was clean cut, if it was torn, if it was ripped, if it was, you know, surgical precision. Mummification style yeah. hook out the vag. That's, I've never heard of that. So I don't know. What really? You're That's reading. how they used to, they used to. Throw the hooks up the nostrils and then they'd pull oh, your brain out. Yeah, that was like old school lumbotomy stuff, but like not like vag. You could do. I mean, you put it. You put. You put a hanger up there to kill a baby. Like I feel like you can just like. I'm sorry. I, mean, <laughs> I would assume that this was done with more than a hanger. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was a fucking abortion gone wrong. Yeah, out in the. River down by the creek, you know, down by the river, free free abortion babies. Because those small towns in Texas don't allow abortions. They don't. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Uh, that's horrifying, and I can't believe we don't know how. No, they were removed. Um, it would lead many to fear that this was a double homicide, and that this was um trying to cover up basically who the father of the baby was and who the killer of Jennifer was, or both of them, I guess. Um. The two original detectives on her case were Mike McClellan and David Perkins. Forensic Files. Uh, <laughs> gotta always add that in there. Jennifer's <laughs> father, Jerry, always shared his doubt in reference to the police conduct and Jennifer's death and her investigation. Hmm. Um, he claimed that Mike seemed to be more interested in what he could make off the case rather than solving it. Um, quote, he wanted me to find out what they wanted on her Jeep, like price-wise, basically, because he was interested in taking up payments on it and buying it for himself. I cannot fucking Super inappropriate. Like, yes. First of all, even if there was no police misconduct, that's just not like, not maybe okay. like after the fact, but still, yeah, definitely not like. During an open investigation. I'm investigating your dead daughter and her dead baby that's missing, but. Can I buy her Jeep? Like, yeah. Like, we're done, like, browsing over it, I guess. Yeah, like, sure. it's fine. We'll just sell it to me. No, that's Ugh, grody. God, that just what a fuck-ass. Kind of emphasizes the curiosity that everyone should have had mm-hmm. about his performance. That should have been uh, red flag yeah. number one all over the news. Indeed. Yeah. Anyways, uh, da, da, da. I told him I would have to check with her sister, and her sister was out- outraged by it, as was probably everyone else. Yeah. Mike never got custody of the Jeep. That wasn't the only thing that he wanted to uh, purchase and or have of Jennifer's. So things got more suspicious when, um, after the investigation kind of started, most, if not all, of the evidence in the case would just end up getting lost over the years. Um, reports claim that they had retrieved um, her clothing, her car keys, cell phone, and laptop, all of which just up and vanished. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's normal, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> honestly, how many cases have we heard of, though, that that's happened? So yep. If I can just, kind of it's normal. not that difficult. No. But as we know with DNA evidence, maybe evidence evidence also, like, just fucking take it home. Like, yeah. Cool. Uh, anyways, besides her car, Mike also talked about wanting Jennifer's laptop for himself. Like, even more sketch. Um, rumors of DNA just never being sent off for testing or even kind of going around town. Oh, my God. Um, 
I mean, I believe it for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, to further the family's outrage, Mike McClellan began passing off police tasks onto Jennifer's father and her uncle. Um, quote from her father, I remember Mike began to give me chores to do and to look into. He more or less made me an unofficial investigator in the case. Um, he thought it was odd that an investigator was basically making him make these phone calls and do all these things that he should have been doing himself. Yeah, the father of a victim. Yeah, not okay. Um, he had to like call certain suspects, check out people's like whereabouts, where they were, times, dates, things like that. Um her uncle, Jeff Schneider, said that Detective McClellan also gave him tasks to do. He was given the job of matching names with a list of cell phone numbers from a phone bill that the county sheriff's, off- sheriff's office had received. Um, the family never received a reason from McClellan why someone at the sheriff's office wasn't doing those things, but they just kind of took it in stride and was like, well, I guess at least it's getting done if no one else is going to be doing it. I totally see that mm-hmm. um, just because it is a small town. So maybe they kind of thought, well, there's not enough manpower, maybe. Right. Or they seem a, like a pretty dedicated family to begin with. Yeah. So I think that they were just like, well, I guess we'll do it. Whatever. Um, the sheriff at the time denied any knowledge of these inappropriate requests that had been given to the family to do. Uh, one task that her father did uh, take upon himself was continuing to look for evidence on the Red River. He said that he and a guy named Joe Todd found some clothes um, near the river on March 10th, 2003. Turned that stuff over to the sheriff's office. And her clothes, like I said before, they eventually went missing. Uh, Jerry said he was told later that they had been found again. Um, But then when they looked at them, he realized that they were not the same clothes that he had turned in. So it's, they just like found someone else's clothes. I just was like, oh, this is it. We got it. Don't understand. Which would then botch up something else. Yes. You know what I mean? If it was actual like evidence. Two cases that you have fucking, oh my God. Anyway, uh, the sheriff has none of the uh, sheriffs that have been elected at any point in time have ever publicly questioned any authenticity of any of the evidence. Um, Just kind of crazy to me. I mean, I guess you can only go so far if you're new to the job. Yeah, but corruption also runs deep. Yeah. You're not going to let someone else get appointed that's going to come up on you. and If they're all dead, maybe not. Exactly. That's why maybe hopefully a new person at some point. So they do have a new guy. Um, The case is on its fourth sheriff. Two of the original (laughs) investigators have passed away since the whole murder even occurred. Uh, It's been about 16 years, and it's completely and totally, utterly unsolved. They have a few suspects, which we'll get into. Um, Her cause of death hasn't really been determined or really released to the public, necessarily. It is believed that she was at some point strangled, along with the uh, fetal and reproductive organ removal. Um, I'm hoping that that wasn't the cause of her death, but you never know. Um. The newest sheriff, Mark Johnson, in 2017, he comes forward to the public. He gives the first names of uh, uh, the suspect names uh, that have ever been released in the case. So Mm. her ex-husband, Rob Holman, and ex-business partner, James Hamilton. Um, The sheriff has since recovered information from the cell phone and her laptop that had supposedly went missing. Um, He said the public needs to know what we're looking at uh, or who we're looking at and what we're looking for. Um, Those two names are at the top of the list. Um, He said that James and Rob uh, deny killing Jennifer. James agreed to take a lie detector test and the results showed that he answered truthfully. Rob was also asked to take the test, but Rob actually uh, refused and hired an attorney. 
He's also interviewed a bunch of different people. Um, he's gotten, or he's obtained new DNA, or not new DNA, but uh, results from the DNA that was taken in 2002, autopsy records from Oklahoma. Uh, he interviewed a person that went under hypnosis. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> At least they're coming forward. I don't know how reliable. I mean, I just, I guess because of all the ones that we've talked about are just so asinine, I just like yeah. don't believe it. But I'm sure that it can kind of help you clear your mind and, like, really focus. But I just think it's kind of funny. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He said he requested x-rays. He's gotten pretty much everything from the Oklahoma Medical Examiner's Office, which is, like, more than any other sheriff has done, Mm -hmm. which is just, like, the basic shit, I think, in my mind. But whatevs. Additionally, they have, uh, he has worked with her family. They set up a $50,000 reward for any information on her disappearance or her uh, murder. I can't believe that hadn't been done before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I can because based on how bullshit this mm. law enforcement situation is. Yeah, anyway. it's like the steps that you think would be step one, right. two, three, just yeah. were never taken. No. Yeah. Um. So I think that's really great that he initiated um, the reward system um, and $25,000 has been donated since that article I read was written. Um, so possibly more has been uh, donated since. Mm-hmm. Um, so people have a lot of theories of what happened to Jennifer. Uh, when the murder first occurred, rumors circulated that Jennifer was actually in a relationship with the district attorney at the time. A mm. man yeah, named Miles Porter. And it's with a Y. FYI. Ew. <laughs> Which is like annoying. <laughs> um, he just kind of sounds like a D-bag. Also, oh like how big else. is this town that you have a district attorney? I know. Is that a thing? Like, I don't know how that works, but. You would think that it would be just a little bit of a bigger city's yeah. jurisdiction for that. I don't know. I don't know. That whatever. Is, Maybe yeah. I'm showing my like ignorance to that, but yeah, whatever. His probably with both a Y, are. so it's stupid. <laughs> uh, he claims not just to like have never dated her, but never have met her, mm. which is kind of outlandish. Like, oh. don't go that far, man. Right. Like, you're going to probably get caught at some point. But yeah, um, there are still rumors that he has and is still working with police to cover up evidence of the murder. He claims that this case caused him to lose his position as district attorney. Boo hoo. Probably because you just suck at your job mm. and probably because they're like, oh, you're Involved in maybe a murder. Maybe so, murdered bye. a young girl. <laughs> um, so uh, Jennifer's father had hired a public and public. Yeah. I said public investigator, private investigator. Wow. He found um, more stuff than the police had ever been able to. Big surprise. Hmm. Uh, he found pregnancy strips in Jennifer's trash can. I can't believe. So the house was sidebar kept just kind of, you know, whatever for the past I don't know when he was hired, and I don't know really if she lived at home or, like, what the deal was. I'm assuming she lived-ish at home because the grandmother was like, hey, she didn't come home. That's true. That is true. I think that's why I thought she was younger earlier. So, yeah. But, I mean, it's a small town. That's true. There's not that many houses to buy. Yeah. There's, like, literally one apartment complex. She could have been living with grandma to help take care of her. The investigator and Jennifer's family believe that her pregnancy was the official motive for the killing uh, some say that James Hamilton, her supposed business partner, um, was actually a boyfriend. Some say that he isn't even a suspect, that he shouldn't have even been named as a suspect. Jeff, Jennifer's uncle, quote, says, there's somebody that knows what happened. I do not think this was a one-man deal. I think there was someone who assisted in it and somebody knows. Yep. Definitely agree. Yep. Um, her sister is quoted to say it's very frustrating because if she was pregnant, which... She was. Um, I have no doubt she would have been a great mother. Um, It's an additional life that was taken, which is even worse of a crime. 
Uh, it's a double murder. Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll move into questions and theories. Um, it was kind of just, like I said, there's not much to the situation, just speculation on why did this happen? Why were the police trying to help cover this up, which mm-hmm. it completely seems to me as such. Oh, yeah. The first question I want to ask is that I find it strange because her father had supposedly said in uh, several interviews that Jennifer was trying to start her life over. Hmm. So I kind of wondered, you know, what was she starting over from? Was what, it yeah. starting over in the sense of, you know, moving to Bonham from somewhere else, which sounds lame, but whatever. Was he referencing a past relationship? Um, this just kind of struck me as odd because maybe if someone had asked what he meant by that, it would lead to something, you know, some sort of information yeah. of like her past and it would maybe carry on some leads of what was happening in her current life. I'm sure that they did ask that and it just hasn't been released, but that was a question in my mind. For sure. Question number two, the original sheriff and investigators, I really do personally believe that they were super involved or at least paid off to not be involved. Yeah. I guess what secret besides her pregnancy, which is like, it's fucking Bonham, Texas. Like, what are you hiding that got her killed? You know? Right. Or got her, or whatever. What deep, deep corruption would right. have been unearthed if she had had this baby and lived her mm-hmm. life. Because it, it wouldn't, it's not like it's a drug deal, you know, gone wrong. It wasn't like, oh, I was down by the river and things got weird or whatever. It, it literally... They killed her to get rid of the child. At yeah, least that's for sure. what it seems. And so it's like, if that's the reason, what could it have been? This, you know, major fucking scandal. Oh, I wrote in here, you know, was it like a hook and pull kind of thing that you suggested? Right. Was it surgically precise? Was it super sloppy and just like chop, chop and rip and rip? Like, because that could give you, like, when we see different crimes, like, Oh, God, I can't think of one specifically. There's like 10 going in my mind. But where it's done with a certain amount of precision, Mm -hmm. that can help boil down your suspects. That's how you get a profile, by different little things like that. So it's weird to me that the body was sent to another jurisdiction. And, I mean, obviously the police... I mean, Thank God it was, though, because it's like, who knows what they could have botched if they left it in Texas. That's true. And because obviously the police didn't care enough anyways to be like, well, I need to examine this, 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 and make sure... What if that was on purpose? What if they sent it, you know, across state lines to make it even more convoluted, you know? Yeah, because I really like the DA for this. Mm -hmm. I mean, at first I was like, ooh, ex-husband. But if it's an ex-husband, unless he's married to a new wife and also just a fucking terrifying, terrible, abusive person, like, why would he want to cover up a pregnancy with his ex-wife that much, you know? And it's not even, like, I could see maybe, like, oh, we got in a fight. Maybe like she was coming to her ex-husband hypothetically and was like, I'm pregnant. We had a one night stand after the fact and I got knocked up and this is a thing. And he flipped out and he beat her up, ended up killing her and was like, well, if they find out that she's pregnant with my kid, they're going to look at me. That's true. You know, but that's just such a far off thing. Right. So I feel like you're totally right in knowing or wanting to know how the dissection mm-hmm. was done because i don't know if you're an average joe you don't know what fallopian tubes look like you nope. don't know what a uterus looks like you don't know unless you're of medical profession right so or i don't know i would assume that i don't know you you're, you see those diagrams and you're like cool but cutting open a body 
It's a lot different. Yeah. And, and you can tell if it's done, you know, hurriedly. Mm-hmm. You can tell if it was done with intent. You could tell if it was done by wild animals while she was, right. you know, like there's. And I mean, there was a good five days in between her death and when she was found or her disappearance and when she was found. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, did it happen there right. where she was found? Or did, did it happen somewhere else? float down the river? Right. Or did someone move her body yeah. and throw her in the river? And, and if she was naked. Which, I don't know. There's just so many missing pieces. You yeah. Know, the, we don't know if there was any other DNA. They say there was DNA that they had sent off for testing and stuff like that. But it, she was washed up in a river, which also right. shows uh, smarts-ish to like yeah. have things washed away. Exactly. Because I don't know, I don't know how close that, like you said, you didn't know there was a river in that area. So I don't know yeah. how close the river is to everything. It's it obviously never, not a focal point in the town. Right. I was going to say, it was never like advertised, like come float the river or come camping over here or mm-hmm. whatever, you know? That would be interesting. It, oh God, it just, it fucking kills me the amount of evidence that could have been collected if someone did something right, you right. know? And because of the fact that it just sucks because... I'm 99% sure that the original sheriff and those two detectives are dead. Mm. So there couldn't even be charges brought against these guys. Right. Even if we wanted to force them to supposedly tell the truth. Yeah. Um, I feel bad that the weight of this whole thing is put on this new guy's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Thank God it is on a person that gives a shit. Hopefully. But this is just unbelievable to me that yes. this has gone completely just... It just... It just... You think that this kind of thing might happen in maybe a big city where, like, mm-hmm. no one's paying attention. I'm just not going to give a fuck. Yeah. But, like, small town, like, everybody knows everyone. Yeah. Everyone's watching you and they're yeah. like, hey, we all know this just happened. What's the progress? Right. Like, I wonder if the town, you know, because obviously people care because $25,000 has mm-hmm. been donated. So I wonder if the town had any sort of outrage about this and about something not being done because that's a small town. Like, yeah. your neighbor could be the person that murdered right. her you know that's not and they didn't even look far enough into it to be able to ascertain that it was someone passing through the town who did this mm-hmm. you know like it's just that had to be sitting with this town for 15 years like how was nobody outraged in the town hall and demanding something be done i think that they probably were but it it's kind of one of those things because it's a small town it's like well who do you go to yeah when things are wrong when, it's the police but yep, when if they're the corrupt. police are the ones that are doing the wrong who what who you don't have anyone to turn to so That's you just true. keep your mouth shut i think that this meeting of this person that she kept so top secret from her family and friends mm-hmm. um that point that's suspicious fingers. i mean yeah. if she was supposedly rumored to be dating this da guy he was probably married at the time you know all probably. that crap and that was why it was so under wraps because it's a small town but i think that the whole thing with her father saying she wanted to start over i think that that relationship might have ended badly yeah she was trying to recover from that move on from a prick who just was like embarrassed or whatever didn't want to date her anymore mm-hmm and she found out she was pregnant and yep. she went to go tell him and he fucking flipped out. This reminds me a lot of, I hope I'm not confusing this with another movie, but The Girl on the Train. Whatever I'm thinking of is a man killing his mistress while she's jogging. Yeah. And she's pregnant and just kind of rolling her under the rocks yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Jennifer, uh, what's her face? Jennifer Hudson. Nope. I was going to say Gordon. Lawrence. Yes. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. So that's very reminiscent of this, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it like very obviously points to 
whoever did this, if it was more than one person, that person had enough money to orchestrate an attack mm-hmm. like this. And if it wasn't an orchestration, it was the father of this child. Like either way, he's in a powerful position and he would fall pretty far mm-hmm. by having a mistress and a, a illegitimate yeah. child, you know? So well, I and, feel like DA totally. Well, and he has control over law enforcement. You yeah. think of her ex-husband, he's some Joe Schmo, mm-hmm. most likely. I don't know. Unless but... he's best friends with literally everyone right. on the force. And, no one's going to give a fuck. And this DA, DA guy had everything to lose as small as it might have been right he knew probably i gotta get rid of this kid yeah he had the brains and the smarts to be like this is evidence to prove that it was me yep and he knew that he could bribe his way down the you know food chain mm-hmm. of keeping it under wraps and like when you think about small towns like this like the for someone to be able to outweigh the glory and praise and recognition you would get for solving a murder like this a horrifying murder like this for someone to outweigh that with means to keep you quiet yeah money like that's a pretty powerful statement like that obviously has to be desperation of it shows the desperation of law Mm -hmm. enforcement too i mean yeah why are you there if you're if you not there to serve, how, I don't protect. know how much he's probably hypothetically, allegedly, whatever you allegedly. Want to call it. This is all <laughs> we're not alleged. Yeah, this is theorizing, people. Yes. Um, it's I keep saying this, but it really it's small town America. Like I don't mm-hmm. know how much this person had to offer them, right? But it's really sad, that regardless the bought. amount that it would be enough for yep. them to say, all right, fuck it. Yep. And they probably knew this girl from her growing up. They were right. probably friends with her fucking father. Right. Yeah. Ew. I know that's the, the the whole small town aspect of this. Like you said, it makes it more disgusting, personal. You know, yeah, just... because if it was a big city, like yeah, it could probably more easily be swept under the rug, and we would have never heard about this case. Mm-hmm. But uh, I should have. Now I feel bad because I didn't do enough investigation. But I should have looked up where he was. Dis- I just assumed district attorney of you know Wyndham, Fannin County, or whatever. You got to have someone. I'm sure he was in the you know yeah. jail court system over there. But oh, it's yeah. just like I would like we keep saying expect it if it was from Dallas, if it right. was from whatever, because he would have more to lose. He's yes. a higher up person that has more going for him or whatever, more eyes on him. So it's like God, how full of yourself are you to exactly. be like? And I'll go into a about jennifer because it's not like she was um this trash bag right you know rando so um a bit about jennifer cute as could be gorgeous long fiery red curly hair i know people are weird about redheads but <clears throat> she was absolutely beautiful i love redheads yeah um typical like i don't know you think red hair i always think big red curly hair and mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was Aww. um super bright future ahead of her so growing up she um, was a cheerleader, tennis player. She was actually most comfortable in the water. Um, oh. She, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was actually a very well-educated girl. She had received her master's degree in marine biology. Um, very loving family, as we can tell, who fought for her every step of the way. Um, it's very sad. Jennifer's career and her journey into motherhood were both cut very short. And I hope all of these years of not knowing who killed her will come to an end. Hopefully I hope so, soon. too. So that was the unsolved murder of Jennifer Harris. I know no one probably has heard of it, and it's probably not a big deal to anyone, but I just thought it was very important to talk about. Yeah, just on multiple levels of, Mm -hmm. I don't know, 
oh. the actual killing and police conduct and yeah who did it because you think of the police force and the justice system as for you you think of mm-hmm. them like they swear to serve and protect you and it's so disheartening when you hear about cases like you do hear about these super cop cases where they just enthrall themselves in a case and they solved it and like you know they didn't even do it for the glory they just did it because they're good fucking Mm -hmm. people and like that's who you hope is every guy on our police force guy or girl and it's like so many cases where there is so much corruption and they're just doing this because it's they they just have a fucking job like they don't give a shit and I feel like in jail, they'll murder you. They'll deny shooting you when you weren't armed, you know, like it's becoming almost 50 50 with the cases, at least that we've talked about or and or researched where it's that, like you said, that person that's just 110 Mm percent into it. I want to do this for the family. I will not give up. And then the next case you read about is just I don't give a shit. Yeah. They just fucking bungle. They don't care. Yeah. And I know that there's only so much, you know, certain people can do. And Absolutely. Paperwork and red tape or whatever you want to call it. But this is insane. Yeah. To, I just don't. And I, I'd like to think that we're pretty that logical way. people and we're sensitive to yeah. the red tape and to yeah. the certain things that police officers time, have to. Yeah. But when you so clearly do absolutely nothing, like, fuck you. When you try to buy the victim's Jeep. I'm sorry. <laughs> that made me think. That was my first thought. Like, oh, he killed her for the Jeep. Like, yeah. That makes the, you it, look really suspicious when you're not even. Because he's trying to buy her Jeep to, to yeah. get rid of the evidence. He's trying to buy her laptop to get rid of the evidence. Exactly. To cover up anything that he can yeah and i don't know why he put all that stuff on the family because why are you why are you involving them in the the case yeah you want to you should be wanting to keep them out of the case yes that to me was just pure laziness and And how much of the case was in your head bungled because it was a lot of it was being (laughs) fucking investigated by unprofessional or or like yeah different state (laughs) and then unprofessional people who were just family members like yeah crying about doing i didn't even think of that like how nothing probably was documented i mean it probably was based because mm -hmm. it was the family but they really cared but not in the correct if you bring that to trial hypothetically say you do catch someone they're going to be like well this wasn't admissible because it wasn't done by a police officer you know, or what have you. It's like from the... Maybe that's why they did it on purpose. I know. Oh, my God. I know. I think, like... Fucking ooh. Miles Porter, you, you probably should rot in hell. Allegedly should rot in hell. Yeah. Allegedly <laughs> murdered this woman and took and out her, her uterus and her unborn child. Your like, unborn child. Your unborn child, Miles with a Y. Allegedly. Allegedly. Studio wants to bridge the gap between style and function with their fashionable take on high-tech headphones, like with their model, The Regent. They don't think that you should have to compromise fashion for quality, and that's why they provide products matching the standard of top-rated headphones with modern Scandinavian designs, all for a fraction of the cost and free worldwide shipping. Plus, our listeners will receive 15% off any purchase with code HALLOWEEN. So show your support for this podcast and get 15% off your studio headphone purchase by visiting sudio.com and using code Halloween. All right. Oh, good one. You want to go into more dead kids? Yeah, let's just lighten up the mood here, not. (laughs) Let's go down to 
Brownsville. I'm sorry if you, just like <laughs> Hannah's father grew up in the city or town she covered, mm-hmm. my mother and her family grew up in the town I cover. Um, so we're going to go down to Brownsville, Texas, which is basically right on the Mexican border. Um, this is the story of Angela Camacho and John Allen Rubio, the murders of Jalissa Quezada, John Rubio, um, this is a John Rubio Jr., and a Mary Jane Rubio. All right. These are all words that she can pronounce this week. I know. I was listening back to the last episode and like within the first 20 seconds i'm like spelling things out phonetically like get out of here cassie <laughs> always the ones that are just like is this french is this what is that is that a silent t uh. okay <laughs> so on the evening of march 11th 2003 in brownsville texas a hysterical maria alvarez and jose rubio flagged down officer efrain cervantes in his patrol car maria started screaming in spanish the babies are dead and simultaneously, Jose screams, they have no heads. Officer Cervantes had the couple direct him to the scene in question while the couple cried, they have no heads, repeatedly. Oh, I just got goosebumps, like mm-hmm. full-on goosebumps. Ugh. It's horrifying. The scene Officer Cervantes would arrive at at the rundown apartment of Angela Camacho and John Alan Rubio would leave him traumatized. Angela Camacho, a 23-year-old Mexican immigrant, was no stranger to poverty. Uh, The young woman settled in Brownsville and by the age of 19 in the year 2000 had a young baby and another on the way, both from different men. Um, She shortly thereafter met John Alan Rubio in 2001 while pregnant. And he did not care about her children not being his and accepted them as his own. Um, Her, at the time, one-year-old daughter, Julissa, he referred to as his own daughter. And when she gave birth, they named the young young boy, (laughs) they named the baby boy um, John Estefan after him. Um, So one year later, um, Angela and John had a daughter together, Mary Jane. So that was in January 2001. So these kids are like boom, boom, boom. Um, They moved into a windowless shithole apartment in Brownsville. John was a 22-year-old with minor drug charges he was at the time on probation for and some, quote, emotional problems um, as a child. He grew up with a sex worker as a mother and also grandmother was a sex worker. Um, he said his mother and grandmother practiced witchcraft. Um, to me, what it sounded like, kind of like Santeria yeah, type. Which, so, I mean, I think that that's still a normal thing. I yes. don't think that there's anything really like wrong with that. It's just a part of their culture. Right. So. And from kind of the character that he tried to paint of his childhood, like it would be more of the dark magic okay. type situation. Not great, but... Not great, but st- you know, still not what people... exaggerating. ...perceive it also. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I kind of think he might have been going into this. So um, they were, his mother and grandmother were heavy drug users and they pimped him out from a young age. Um, so he kept sex working throughout some of his adolescent life and he had adult male clients. Um, he also, he said at some point, um, I believe during one of his trials, he kept sex working because it beat flipping burgers, which... He did do at some points, um, once at a Burger King and a, a cold Golden Corral. So 
Oh, that's so sad. It's really sad. Good lord. Yeah, really horrifying. And how childhood. old was he when he was doing that? Um, Didn't she did really it specify. from since he was like the age of six or seven. So uh. for the good part of his life, he was twenty-two when all of this when he met. Um, yeah, Angela. So, but all the the basically teen we'll sex say working. up until he was twenty. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um. So John, who did not have a high school diploma, had a huffing addiction. Um, he liked mm-hmm. to huff paint and had done that for years. And Angela followed suit. Um, people kind of regarded her as sort of a follow-the-leader type person, so she shortly picked up a huffing pat- habit as well. Um, I looked up the effects of huffing because... I've only known of like teenagers doing that for maybe like like whippets or something, right? Exactly. Or is that like different? That's a different type of huffing. Okay. So they were huffing like toxic paint. Okay. But whippets like the are Dean kind Coral of the same shit. thing. Exactly. Oh my god. Yeah. Like the original huffing. Oh gee. So um, there are lots of neurotoxic effects that come from this, um, including cognition, vision, and hearing impairment. So keep it's that like in mind. Cheaper version of drugs, basically. Exactly. Like we're too fucking poor to get drugs, but we can get paint somehow. Yeah, I don't but know. not windows. Yeah. For my apartment. No windows. Know. Which also means they're huffing these fumes in a windowless apartment. So just like hanging out in the fumes. The kids oh, are hanging out list. in the fumes. I was thinking like no walls like there was no windows like there was nothing like there to block the open no they're just in a basically cement room apartment i was thinking of it backwards yeah this building was not intended to be apartment buildings um it used to be a bank so it was just kind of makeshift apartments like very low income this is rude but i'm kind of glad these kids didn't survive to deal with them as parents we'll get into that i'm sorry (laughs) no it's yeah Testimony of a trans sex worker named Lorena um, who lived with the couple at one point. She was their roommate in this apartment. Okay. Um, she said on the morning of March 11th, 2003, the day in question, she arrived at the apartment uh, that she had shared with Angela and John. So one of the sources I read said that she currently shared it. Another source said that she had recently moved out. So I'm going to go with, she had recently moved out. Mm-hmm. So she was coming back to the apartment for whatever reason. John opened the door um, and it was clear that they had been huffing a shit ton all day long. Um, he would not let her come in and said, quote, my old lady tried to kill herself last night. And right now we're going to kill everyone. Normal. She, right. Yeah. She was appalled by the statement and scolded him for speaking that way in front of the kids. Kind of like a, you're fucked up, man. Like, you just don't fucking say yeah, that yeah. shit. You know, not Good really. For her. I mean, yeah. Um, she kept she trying tried. to enter the apartment, um, but he would not allow it. She said she was afraid for her safety because he was very volatile when he was fucked up on that shit. Um, was so, that verbatim fucked up on that shit? <laughs> that was you. <laughs> I, yeah, it was me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Dang, this news article is just like letting it all hang out. <laughs> And after I said that, I was like, ooh, salty language. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. Um, so Lorena left, fearing that she would be the target of a physical attack. Yeah. Um, so the events that follow, according to John and Angela, um, are due to the children being possessed. And it's here that I decided to just read John's official signed statement um, that he gave the, poli- the police instead of trying to boil it all down. Um, so like I said last week, we're child murders. I didn't want to get super into it. These murders, I want to get super into it. Um, so Maria was his common law wife. 
um, I learned recently that you can be common law wife or and husband if you have your name signed on an official document, uh-huh. like as a beneficiary or whatever, and you fucking live together. So that's yeah. easy criteria. The following is all um, verbatim from John's signed written statement to police. Maria Angela Camacho is my common-law wife. I met Marina, Maria Angela Camacho two years ago through a friend of mine. She already had one child named Julissa Angela Quesada, and she was already pregnant about one month. She had the baby, and we named the baby after me. We named the baby John Rubio. Less than a year later, she became pregnant again, and we had Mary Jane. Mary Jane was born in January of this year. Detective Lucio has asked me what happened to Julissa, John, and Mary Jane. Last night, the children started to act like they were possessed. Julissa grabbed some scissors, and she was going to place the scissors in the electrical plug. My daughter started to speak like my grandmother, who had passed away. Julissa was telling me that she came from limbo. She was acting like my grandmother, so I asked her if she wanted me to call her Julissa or Grandma. She told me that she had taken Julissa's soul. Julissa started to laugh in an evil way and started making growling sounds at me. The other two babies started to do the same thing. They started to talk and saying things like three witches. They were talking to each other. My wife and I got scared. My wife told me to kill the children because they were evil. I told her that I did not want to kill them, even though my grandmother took over her body. I had told my wife that I didn't want to kill her because I felt that I could control her. My wife, Angela, told me to go ahead and kill the children. My wife then went and got two knives from the kitchen. Um, trigger warning with this next part, guys. This is pretty gruesome. I then picked up Julissa, and she was still talking like my grandmother and growling at me. She was strong, and I felt like she could manipulate my mind. I was trying to put spring water on her. She started to shake. Jalissa started to yell at me, You are killing me, you are killing me. I then placed her on the ground and my wife held her down. I then started to choke her because my wife told me that I'd rather her die than be evil. My wife then gave me the knife. My wife was holding Jalissa with her face to the ground and I started to stab her in the back of the neck and in the chest. I stabbed her a couple of times. I thought I had killed her, but then she got up and started to growl again and was yelling at us and was yelling for us to stop. She yelled, Mom, please tell Dad to stop. I then grabbed her again and I cut her head off with a machete. The blood started to gush and she stopped moving. John and Mary were still acting like they were possessed and my wife told me to kill them also. I then killed Mary Jane because she was weaker. When I tried to grab John, I felt that he was very powerful. I grabbed Mary Jane and I was choking her really hard, but she would not die. It was very hard because she was my own blood. I kept trying to choke her, but she would not die. I think I then stabbed her in the back of the head. Mary Jane kept moving like she was going to come back to life. I tried to cut her head off with the regular kitchen knife, but it was not cutting through. I was looking for the machete, but I think the witches took the machete. I then ripped her head off with my hands. It was very hard, but I managed to pull her head from her body. My wife started to cry and was telling, please, not my daughter. I told her that we had to kill them because an evil presence was in them. We then both started to cry. Julissa and Mary Jane were now dead and Johnny was still acting very evil. I know that he is not my son, but I still loved him like my son. I knew I had to kill Johnny last because he was the strongest. My wife and I both had to hold him down because he was so strong. Johnny was yelling and growling at us. I poured water on him and he kept shaking. I cut his head off with a larger knife. I did not stab Johnny, I just cut his head. 
He was bleeding all over the carpet. I'd rather kill him than let him live with the devil inside him. I'm sorry. I know that was so rough. I, I can handle the stuff ripping the head off. No. And we'll go, we'll go into yeah. it. Um, so the couple then cleaned up the apartment and they put John's body in a black trash bag and then his head in a separate white plastic bag. And they did the same with the girls. Um, the girls' bodies were both put in the same black trash, black trash bag and then the heads were put into separate plastic bags. The couple then showered and had sex. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, during the next few hours, they complicated, contemplated calling the cops or burying the bodies in his grandma's backyard, quote, so his grandma could control the evil. Right. Um, the next day, Jose, who was John's brother, and his girlfriend Maria visited the apartment. Um, they noticed basically the couple, um, John and Angela were kind of acting like catatonic. Um, what about the blood? The, the blood was, that was present. Um, basically when they walked in the room, they could see different, like furniture was moved around in different places. The bedroom door was closed. Yeah. And so his brother, Jose opened the bedroom door and saw the baby's body on the bed. So at this point, they left to go to their apartment and call the authorities. That's when they encountered Officer Cervantes' police car and flagged him down. Jose said his brother frequently huffed paint and said they and said that um, his brother had told him they needed to kill the three witches. Maria said that she thought they killed the children because rent was due that exact day and they had no money. John, that would come up with money, right? <laughs> right. What? So John immediately admitted to the killings and waived his right to an attorney um, during questioning. Angela also admitted to the crime, but blamed it on witchcraft. The family had actually been under uh, child protective services surveillance due to, quote, medical neglect. Um, John's drug tests that he had been subjected to during this, he had passed them all. So I don't know how huffing shows up in something like that, but obviously it doesn't. In a first statement to police, um, Angela, like I said, admitted to the crime, blamed it on witchcraft. In a second statement, um, which was videotaped, she changed her story. She explained that John had been unemployed for three months. They had no money for food or rent, no money to take care of the children. Their food stamps were about to stop because Julissa's social security number did not match that of her birth certificate, but Angela could not find Julissa's birth certificate. Um, And they had just recently had their roommate remove out, um, who was paying half of the rent. Rent was due on March 11th, 2003. She said, and I quote, better for the children to die rather than suffer. After two years of delay, um, Angela was found competent to stand trial. And in June of 2005, she received three concurrent life sentences after pleading guilty to the murders of Julissa, John, and Mary Jane. She will be eligible for parole in 2043. Um, She got life because um, she was an illegal immigrant from Mexico. Uh And the Mexican consulate, um, Mexico does not believe in the death penalty. So if they had given her the death penalty... They, they could feared have put her back in Mexico. Exactly. They feared that Mexico would interfere, <laughs> overturn, and then possibly they didn't think she would ever get out of prison because she killed three babies, but possibly open her up for release. So they would have they wanted to keep her in the states mm-hmm. so they didn't seek the death penalty. So 
Fair enough. Um, and she also testified in John's second trial. Second. Second. So John was sentenced to death. Um, and he asked for death. He, oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. Um, but that conviction was overturned. And I believe that was around 2004 or five as well. Okay. I wrote down the date somewhere, but not where I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so that conviction was overturned, the death conviction, September of 2007. Why? The state, criminals appeal, state criminal appeals court in a five to four decision said the conviction was improper because statements from Angela were allowed into testimony. And that was not cool because she was also facing trial for the same crime. But didn't she want to testify? Like to In the first trial, though. Oh, oh, thank you. Wow, In the first you literally trial. just clarified that. Well, yeah, so oh that kind of leads that's to... bullshit. I mean, I get it's a stipulation and it's a rule, but it's mm-hmm. like, wouldn't they have noticed it the first time and thrown it out the first time? Yes. The, and not even like His lawyers there? tried to get that thrown out. They said that's not admissible and the judge allowed it. What a waste of fucking time and money. Exactly. I think it was estimated to be around like $6 million, something like that. Um, And the, I want to say DA at the time, I read a brief quote, said that during that six months where they were deciding whether or not to overturn it, like because he had to follow the law, like Mm -hmm. that was the worst moment in his career ever you know like good I'm so it's a not hard decision but yeah it's yeah. something that they didn't want to do but they had to uphold the law but it's not like they thought like oh he's he's gonna get off exactly. his next trial you know what oh I mean? yeah they were <laughs> they like yeah. we're pretty sure yeah, he's gonna true. die anyways <laughs> um so the retrial began in 2009 and john pled not guilty by reason of insanity And the judge and jury said, fuck that. And he was found guilty on four counts of capital murder. He's currently awaiting death. We can talk about why that would be. We all know, like, he obviously covered it up. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. So one for each of the children and then another one for all of them combined. Since it was done in the same instance. I never heard of that. I know. Me either. That's interesting. I thought that I learned something new. I think they were just like, we're throwing the Yeah, everything that we can. Dang. So a little light in this, um, the community in the aftermath voted to tear down the rundown building that the murders occurred in and a memorial garden called um, Trace Angeles, I'm totally fucking that up, but Three Angels, (laughs) um, was erected in its place. That's great. So that was the story of three-year-old Julissa, one-year-old John, and two-month-old Mary Jane. Questions and theories. Vomit and theories. Why? I th- why? Why? Yeah, like I, I think for sure the huffing had a lot to do yeah, with their decision making. Full on. But it's like I, I know the whole witch, witchcraft thing was bullshit. And if you would rather your children not suffer, why not place them up for foster care? I guess when I said like I'm glad these kids died because they didn't have to live with those parents, I just mean that life with those people as parents. Mm-hmm would have probably been worse if oh, not yeah. you know, just as bad as what they probably had the parents mm-hmm. had as you know children times 10 oh yeah so it's like yes it was horrific but i didn't mean it like oh they're better off dead right but right right i just mean that would have been a horrible life to live yeah. i don't know how since they were under cps surveillance like looking at some of the pictures of the apartment and hearing about the conditions these children lived in it's like what what conditions are too terrible for CPS to take well, I mean, these children away. If it you was know? just surveillance, 
I doubt they probably went in the house, right? Or did they ask the roommate? Maybe. And the roommate was kind of feeding them information? But the roommate was a sex worker. So, you know, not knocking sex workers, but definitely not an environment for children to grow up in. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they, you know, she brought, you know, clients or whatever there, but... I guess I wanted to know, um, in regards to the surveillance thing, what was why was he being tested for drugs? What was his offense prior? It was something uh, he was on probation yeah. for uh, marijuana possession. Oh, <sighs> right. Like everything I read, abject poverty, and like I told you before we started recording, that place has the highest poverty rate. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I think it and said number sixteen in the nation. Wow. Because none of the kids were old enough to be in school, right? Nope. Not yet. They were all babies. So it wasn't like, oh, you aren't going to, Mm -hmm. you know, you aren't registered for school. Like the the birth certificate and the social security card thing, that doesn't make sense to me because it's just like, well, why didn't it match up? Like, Mm -hmm. don't they, I don't know anything about that paperwork and like when you give birth and like what happens, you know, that kind of thing. But like, where could the mix up have been? Mm -hmm. Why was it wrong or not matching? Yeah. That's And I don't know if... <clears throat> Jalissa's father was also an illegal immigrant, but oh, okay. maybe that has something to do with. Definitely, that makes sense now yeah. because it wouldn't match up. Because, but the kid is legal. The kid is legal. But it's still, she has to go and get that filled out, and she has to probably give some identification. Right, and so Ooh. that probably there were probably things left blank, and so eventually food stamps ran out, and it's like I know for at least the little time these children were alive, like I re- I just hope that they had at least some happiness while they were alive like they lived in poverty they lived in a rundown disgusting apartment with parents that were huffing paint all day every day and fucking had sex after they murdered their children uh this the the which i put like arrows to like this growling that they Mm -hmm. were perceiving was coming from these kids i thought okay well i don't know how long and how often they've been huffing this paint you know do you stick your face in it how does that work i know know nothing about that kind of thing for me, I don't think that the kids would have been like full on affected unless it was like, here, sniff this mm-hmm. and like stuck in their face. And so I don't think that uh, mentally like actually affected by it to right. where this they were affected yes. and they were perceiving they are probably crying mm-hmm. and upset attitude as growling. Yes. And <laughs> that's why I put growling, question mark, question mark, question mark. You mean crying, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation right. point. Like it's not. No. You think your kids are possessed, but they're literally upset. And they're mm-hmm. also children. They don't yes. know what to say. You know what I'm saying? It's like your child has scissors and she's trying to put it in the air, the right. socket. That's I, normal child behavior. Yes, I caught them. that. I caught the fucking two-year-old. I was babysitting under a table, like, with a blanket, like, hiding, trying <sighs> to do that. And I was like, what are you yeah. doing? And he freaked the fuck out. And I was like buddy you can't do that right. but also me as the adult in the situation was like how can i prevent him from getting the scissors in the first place you know it's like right yeah why do you have scissors why does a child have scissors why are you blaming the maybe child for doing like, normal child things arts and crafts time <laughs> maybe it, the but fucking house was just in disarray and these I mean, are kids are gonna mimic adults so they yep. see someone plugging in something they're gonna take something that looks mm-hmm. like that and plug it in too so that's a bullshit excuse i'm really oh, glad yeah. that the mom uh, didn't try to get away with this. Right. I'm disappointed in John mm-hmm. because I feel like he gave a pretty good version of the truth, if not the whole truth, yeah. in his statement. But I cannot believe that the ex- huffing paint would do that to someone. I know. 
the extent like I can understand being in such dire straits and and in poverty and thinking you have no other option not not murdering your child but I can understand that desperation and I don't know if pairing that with huffing paint like I've never huffed paint I don't know how that affects you and over that insane amount of time like for them to be doing it like the children um I forgot to mention like Jose and Maria got to their house at 7 p.m and the ex-roommate Lorena was at the house in the morning so that's a good yeah yeah, we can say at least eight hours of them huffing paint that's I just I can't imagine popping a baby's head off a two-month-old's head off with your bare hands I think these people were fucking had a rough childhood, mm-hmm. had a rough life, and they were just shit people. Oh, yeah. And because I don't think they were sophisticated enough to try to come up with this big, grandiose lie. So I think there has to be some parcel of truth where they were misconceiving things. Absolutely. There might have been more drugs, too. It could, it could have been. Like, I don't know if the drug tests afterwards, I didn't, I feel like I would have read something if yeah, there was, yeah. like, heroin Extra, or cocaine yeah. in their system. But... They couldn't afford that shit anyways. Right. Yeah. But I mean, maybe. They probably ate lead paint when they were kids too, you know, like. His childhood, what he saw as a child, I think that he was just a fucked up person Mm -hmm. to find. And I think we've mentioned this in other episodes to find a person that can commit such a horrendous crime with you. Is few and far between, but it fucking happens. It does, and, and it's to find scary. a woman and a mother. Oh, that's another thing I wrote down. We've ironically talked about so many mothers who kill their kids in Texas. Yeah, or at least we know of. There's Andrea Yates. There's a lady named Diana Zamora who oh, had yeah, yeah, killed yeah. all of her kids, and then uh, Deanna Laney, and yep. now this girl. So yeah. it's just kind of funny. Something like, in the water. What's going on? In his statement, he totally threw out any sort of insanity plea because he said um, something about it was difficult because it was her own bl- his own blood. So yeah, he's you know aware. that it's wrong. Yeah, he's very aware. Of you what's know happening. what you're doing. Yeah. And the, I, right I just from wrong in the situation. I mean, they started with the three year old, and then they moved on to the one year old, the two month old. Not really aware what's going on, but a one year old does know. Like um. The, the amount of terror the poor, poor little baby felt. I mean, it's just unreal to me That's that people could do sad. that three times over. Uh, yeah, it's horrific. Oh, my God. If you, you know. have paint, cross your legs. That's Seriously. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, also use birth control. Having a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and a two-month-old. That's a little bit too close together. Yeah. Not good for the children, I would say. If you, I mean, my parents did it, and it wasn't good for us. <laughs> Just be smart. Ugh. Don't procreate. Ever. That and, was it. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Ugh. We hope you enjoyed this horrifying episode. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe yeah. on iTunes. You'll just like help us, yeah, tell a friend, sure. and check out social media for photos on all these cases. I don't want to post photos on these cases. This is terrible. Yeah. I don't want to post photos. I don't want to talk about your case anymore. Uh, yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> okay, we're good. Yeah, happy yeah. times, um, happy puppies. Yeah. If you guys want to follow us on social media, go to our website, texas1031podcast.com. We have all of our links there, Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and where to email us? Oh, in our PayPal. And our PayPal. In our PayPal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want us to keep telling you horrifying stories so you stay aware of this dark, dark world we live in, yeah. donate. Help us out. And you can hear about stories that everyone else isn't talking about. <laughs> yeah, because we feel or, like that's important because yeah. we're talking everyone about Everyone else is talking people. about the same shit yeah. every day. 
we'll have everything in the show notes but yeah. other than that guys we'll be back in a week yeah next week and if anyone's listening happy, happy halloween, halloween.